0: and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And I'm joined today by Pastor Richard Lejeune,
1: And I'm joined today by Grandpa Pastor Curtis King. (laughs) Yeah, you got some exciting things going on,
0: don't you? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I am so charged up. Uh, At this moment while we are recording, uh, Alyssa and Silas and Ella are at the Los Angeles airport. And they are getting ready to board and fly to Buffalo. And as soon as we are finished recording, I am running home to cut the grass. And um, uh, I've got a few other yard things to do. And then we're going to go buy another high chair. We need another high chair. Um, because on the heels of them coming, Kurt and Megan and uh, the kids, from the South Carolina grandkids are going be, to be coming in, I think, a week and a half. And then Jared and Bethany, and so we 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 are in party mode. <laughs> yes, All right. We are.
1: fantastic. Now I'm going to build to something here, but I I uh, find last names to be a, a funny, interesting thing. Uh, yeah. Angela had an orthodontist in Hagerstown. His last name was Toothman. You can't make that up. toothman that was his name and he was an orthodontist and he came from a lineage of orthodontists. in fact he worked there with his dad i think his granddad is the one that established it so toothman orthodontist and that was where angela got her braces done you know there's all kinds of interesting little quirks of how that works and here we have king and he chooses to be a pastor
0: Yes. Yes. But you're not a you're
1: not a, a a kingly type pastor. You're more of a servant type pastor. <laughs> but your last name is King. Uh, and uh-huh. and that brings you to having all of your family coming in here in a few weeks. Yep. And you're going to call that what?
0: It's King Day. King it's, Day. It's the day, day of royalty. Yeah, the day of, it's like coronation day in in England. You know how they get together in Westminster Abbey and and Prince Charles, the uh, actually the king formerly known as Prince. Um that was a joke there. Yeah, <laughs> the king <laughs> formerly known as Prince. <laughs> anyway, yes, yeah, so it's King Day, and um I don't wanna drag this out too far, but um Jan and I've been married 35 years. So about 30 of those years, we never had anybody missing on Thanksgiving Day. Never did, not one time, 30 straight years. And, um, finally the day came that we just couldn't do it. And then of course, COVID we, you know, we, so, and you know, it's like, it's, it, we want our kids to start developing their own, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas will not put pressure on them to come. Okay. Holidays. You, you dropped best... off for, you dropped off for just a moment there. So repeat that part. Uh, you oh, said uh,
1: you want your families to, them to be able to develop their own family uh, Christmas tradition. I Traditions assume, and
0: yeah. Memories. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to pressure them. You know, uh, honestly, it was a big deal to us to have our own Thanksgivings and Christmases and we loved it. And it, it was no disrespect to our parents at all. Um, you know, we saw our parents plenty of other times, but so we didn't want to pressure our kids to be home, um, you know, for things like that. And, uh, I I forget which one of the children had the idea that we should just create our own holiday. And, um, uh, so, uh, June is a, is a pretty good month for all of us, it seems. And so, um, uh, June the second is going to be King day and, um, we're going to, we're going to uh, grill steaks and shrimp and make big old giant stuffed baked potatoes and, and, um, uh, desserts. And it's going to be amazing. And the plan is the next morning for us to all go on the mate of the Mist together. That's, that's the plan. That's the boat that goes up into the horseshoe falls. We just want to ask all the
1: Monday medicine (laughs) paparazzi to respect the Kings (laughs) on June 2nd and not follow (laughs) them around and harass them with pictures on king day. yeah so let's let them have and their space and their time all right
0: yeah yeah and uh listen if i i always try to be really prompt with returning text messages and phone calls but uh, you're just gonna have to understand it's not gonna be that way <laughs> for not that a day. While, okay not that day okay we're viewing june 2nd as like christmas day so if you need if you need uh marriage counseling if whatever not June 2nd. Your house is okay. burning I'm,
1: down. Your life is falling apart. It can't happen yeah. on June 2nd. That that day is off limits. It's out of bounds.
0: Pastor Richard Lejeune's cell phone number is 716-555-1234. And, uh, you... <laughs> you dial that number and be... see where that gets you. Yeah. <laughs> he would be... <laughs> He would be happy to put your marriage together in one day. He would be—he would be so happy to do that. But I'd be happy uh, to be I,
1: Pastor I, King's answering service for 24 hours yeah. and take notes for him there. Yes. So I'm not. Hey, gonna, I know
0: we're past time.
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm. I'm not I'm gonna just, step on your your uh, ministerial toes there. Uh, but uh,
0: <laughs> but I'll, I'll answer the phone for you. I appreciate that. Hey, I know we're overtime on intro here, and we've got a great lesson to get. Get to today but i gotta say this so okay she's eight months old and um uh that's Alyssa nathan's uh, that's second ella, right? child yeah. yeah ella so um uh oh boy i guess it was wednesday maybe maybe it was wednesday so um she has only been able to say one word and that's dada okay and uh and so she's pretty good at saying dada and uh but she said her second word on i think wednesday And the second word she's ever spoken is Bubba. And because Silas calls me Bubba. And of course, now Nathan and Alyssa call me Bubba. And uh, so he is, Silas is Southern, Southern California, but he is Southern. And so I'm Bubba. So word number two in Ella's vocabulary is Bubba. Before mama, (laughs) she got Bubba out. Yeah, she says Bubba before mama.
1: I hope Alyssa's feelings aren't too
0: hurt. I was winning the joke of the week from last week until yesterday. All right, and then yesterday you came from behind and tied me up, and uh, so this morning I reposted uh, last uh, this past Monday's episode, and I said on there that there is a tie. Uh, please vote for the pastor king of your choice. The pastor and, um, king of your choice. Uh, I've gotten. Yes, and we and that was maybe an hour, hour and a half ago. I've gotten no votes. Neither of us have gotten any votes. So I guess we're just going to have to go into today as a tie. Uh, so uh, I think I go first this week. Is that correct? Correct. Is that right? I, I think. Okay. All right. So here we go. So there was a Sunday school teacher that was reviewing uh, stories they had been telling through the life of Christ with uh, with their little children in their Sunday school class and. So uh, they had done several weeks in a row of the main stories of the life of Christ. And and so um, they uh, they asked, uh, the teacher said, oh, so what is your favorite story? What is your favorite story from the life of Jesus? And one child raised his hand and said, I like the story where he raised Lazarus from the dead. And all the kids were like, yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. Another one said, I love the Sermon on the Mount. That was so cool. I love that. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. That was a really good one, too. Another one said, I love the mustard seed parable. Oh, yeah, that was really good. And there's one child sitting over in the corner, and, uh, and he kind of rubbing his chin like he's really thinking this through, real deep thinker. And then little Johnny, same one from your joke last week. The teacher says, well, Johnny, what was your favorite? And he said, I like the story about the big crowd that loafs and fishes. <laughs> Loafs and fishes. <laughs> A big crowd that loafs and
1: fishes. So there you those, go. Are, those are the people that should be on, in church on Sunday morning, but they found something else to do. They, yes, yeah, they're loafing and fishing. Fantastic. So there you That's go. adorable. Oh,
0: I hope I win this week. I'm begging all of our viewers and listeners, please vote for Pastor King of your choice this week. I have a tomahawk behind the back
1: 360 dunk joke this week, so I don't know if you stand a uh, chance. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna offend <laughs> okay. all kinds of subgroups with my joke, but it is a fantastic joke. Oh all right? no! And it's a short joke, so um, it's a short joke in more ways than one. So here it is. Did you hear? <laughs> did you hear about the midget fortune teller? <laughs> Who escaped from prison. Now there is a small <laughs> medium at large. <laughs> oh my. Oh, I tell my. that one in I tell that one in honor of Joe Idamerican. That is a Joe Idamerican joke all the way. <laughs> Joe's gonna be cracking up as he's oh. producing this in his office. So there's a small medium all right, at large. Joe.
0: You know what? I got to tell you, Joe, this is no lie. I seldom ever even get to see Joe, but he really is one of my favorite people on the planet. But uh, Joe, come on, man. Loaves and fishes. (laughs) How about a little vote for Pastor King here? By the way, your children's director voted for you, and it seemed like his comment from last week, it seemed like his comment he was trying to say that the reason he voted for your joke is because he's your children's director. And I thought, well, I, that's no, a good I don't think that's true. Joke. No, I don't. He I think, he, well, ta- he talked he talked to me
1: a- he talked to me Wednesday night about this, and he said uh, I listened to both jokes, and he said they were both funny. I laughed at both of them, but because I work with children, I'm going to go
0: with the joke about. Oh, children. is that how he said it? Okay, okay, all right. Uh, it, it, you know, that it, it would not be the first time I've ever misunderstood something here. My vote goes to Pastor Lejeune as the children's director here at White Oak Baptist Church. It won my vote. Okay, so I took that to mean that since he, yeah, okay, well, I don't know. I, I'm I'm afraid you might have beat me again this week. I don't know. This is getting <laughs> depressing. You know what? Well, we need we need to switch from the joke of the week to the depressing news of the week. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there is I'm, plenty of that to go around. Isn't I there? think I would do a better job with that. All right. So we're twelve minutes in. We we are we are way into this. So last week uh we started with the introduction on the topic of anger. And of course, we're in a greater, a broader series on the top counseling topics that you and I as pastors deal with. And these are probably not in any certain order, but um uh we did several weeks on addiction which is, uh, which very well could be number one, uh, Mm -hmm. anger. We started last week and, um, uh, and man, Pastor Richard, you, you really had some good things last week. Um, uh, I know you're taking the intro today, but if you don't mind me saying, um, I've got your notes right in front of me here where, uh, I'm looking at where you wrote down the Bible, uh uses certain adjectives for people a prudent man a righteous man a wise man merciful man diligent man just man negatively a foolish man for man wicked man deceitful man so on and uh and and you 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 mentioned last week on what adjective can describe you and one of those adjectives is an angry man and uh you know when you, when you sent these notes to me and then when you said it last week, I thought, good night, I've never heard that before. Um, and you and I have had numerous conversations, uh, about this topic. I mean, numerous conversations. Uh, I think I'm safe in saying we spent literally in the hours of talking about this topic, but, um, that that was new for me. That was new ground for you. You taught me something there. And uh, can you can you build on what we covered last week in the introduction? And then uh, we're going to get to uh, I think we're going to do today and two more on this topic. Uh, and we're hoping to get into point number one. Can you can you finish up the in- intro for us today? I sure can. I uh, there's a few disclaimers I like to give anytime I talk about
1: anger. And the first disclaimer is that uh, when I was first introduced to this material that we're uh, covering, I was battling a severe anger issue myself, and I was working for Pastor King here back in 2009, and he introduced me to preaching uh, by, um, uh, let's see, S.M. uh, Davis. S.M. Davis, and so I have gone in uh, on YouTube, and I have watched multiple sermons of his, on this yeah. topic. And so I believe that list of adjectives I got straight from one of his messages. So oh, I just want to okay. make sure I give credit where it's due there. Uh, let's build on that thought. We said last week that uh, anger in the heart of a man is like a city without walls. Mm-hmm. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. 28, we discussed that at length. We've looked at the city of Jericho and talked about how that they were completely defenseless once their wall fell down. Let me give you some other um, metaphors for anger here. Anger in the heart of a man is like an unbearable load. Uh, Imagine handing a very heavy rock to a child. A five-pound weight that you're carrying for several hours becomes very cumbersome and heavy. But when you load a a young child down with an angry spirit, they carry that with them Mm -hmm. deep inside their heart, and it just makes things difficult. Uh, anger in the heart of a man is like a flood and when we say a man we're talking about mankind so this and yeah. this and covers you women as well but a flood uh, floods wash away homes building uh, uh, buildings fl- let me say that again floods wash away homes and buildings anger washes away relationships it really limits intimacy mm-hmm. in relationship uh, e- emotional closeness at homes um, anger in the heart of a man is like a poisonous snake uh, Proverbs 27, 4 describes anger as cruel, and it, it's likened to a poisonous snake that venomously taints relationships. Anger in the heart of a man is like a fire breathing dragon. Uh, Job 41, verse 10 gives us the example of Leviathan. And how he breathed mm-hmm. out fire. And when you lose your temper and you get angry, that is like a a, a dragon that rises up and intimidates everyone and burns down relationships. Yeah. I have told many people who were arguing the right point, but with an angry spirit, that it does not matter that yeah. what you are saying is right, because the way you are saying it is completely mm-hmm. undermining everything you are doing. Uh, an angry man is yes, a type of person. Point
0: behind that.
1: Yes, an angry man is the type of person Sorry. <laughs> who is knowingly or unknowingly addicted to anger. And anger is an mm-hmm. addiction. We talked about addiction for four weeks. There are people who are addicted to anger, they just can't break free because there is a set of chemicals that are released into your body. Uh, you feel better uh, for a temporary amount of time after you have blown your lid. And there is just this sense of, I got that off my chest, and boy, it feels good. And uh, you end up addicted to that. And and the problem with anger is that it works in the short term. It does not work in the long term. Uh, It ends up destroying the long term. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, anger is temporary insanity. Uh, here's Mm -hmm. Here's a little quip. You can't get rid of a bad temper by losing it. You can't get rid of a bad temper by losing it. You lose your temper, you don't get rid of it, it's still there. I said this last week, but I'll, bear, I'll repeat it here. If you have a marriage problem and an anger problem, then you cannot correct the marriage problem until you correct the anger problem. If yes. you have a parenting problem and an anger problem, then you cannot correct the parenting problem until you correct the anger problem. You, you, you need to stop hyper-focusing on where your wife or husband falls short or where your kids fall short, and you need to put all that on pause and deal with your anger problem because until <clears> you get past anger, what your spouse or child does that's wrong just simply doesn't matter, and you will never, ever get that corrected with them until you deal with that anger problem. And someone said, but Pastor, anger works. And again, anger may get what you want in the short term. I promise you Mm -hmm. the long-term effects are not what you want. Um, S.M. Davis said this. He said, what we need is intensity. What we don't need is indignation. Mm -hmm. What we need is a high-spirited. What we don't need is harsh. What we need is judicious. What we don't need is judgmental. What we need is emphatic. What we don't need is enraged. What we need is watchful. What we don't need is wrathful. What we need is determined. What we don't need is destructive. You can be intense, high-spirited, judicious, emphatic, watchful, and determined. And that doesn't mean you have to be angry. And if you're those six things you're and you lead, you're going to get what you want. Um, lastly here, before we get into number one, Parents should make it a bigger goal to conquer their anger than to conquer their children's disobedience. Mm-hmm. And that is a bold statement. It is a very bold statement. But Pastor, Legere, my kids don't listen. They don't obey. Until you learn how to get past your anger, you're never going to get your children to obey you. Yep. Learn to deal with you before you deal with your kids. Ephesians 6, 4 tells us, you fathers provoke not your children to wrath, and the, the parse the um, the Greek language, that word provoke means wrath. Same root word for wrath is the same root word for provoke. Ye fathers, wrath not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, when you're angry at your child, they suppress that anger, and they can't respond because you're bigger than they are. But what mm-hmm. happens when they get to be 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old is that anger down inside of them oozes out their pores in the form of rebellion not every rebellious child has an angry parent but every child with an angry parent has a rebellion problem yeah that's just how that's released so deal with that anger and you can get your kids to obey without being angry at them so that's my introductory thoughts before we got into number one anything you want to add there before you take on number one
0: You know, I would just add one little thing and it really, it really doesn't add anything. It just kind of takes what you've said and, you know, just contributes, I guess you could say, but you know, what you said about, um, you know, my kids won't obey unless I yell at them. My kids won't obey unless I'm angry. You know, uh, you taught them that, okay. You're Mm -hmm. the one that taught them that. Um, and here's the thing. That um, at this stage of your parenting, it might be that way that they won't obey until until you get angry, but it is only because you've conditioned them to understand it that way, because uh, they don't think there is any, uh, there are any teeth to your commandments until you your voice reaches a certain decibel level, and every child knows what that decibel level is, where it's like, okay, I better go ahead and do it now, and uh, and the thing is, that some kids know that you've got to be screaming your your head off on your blood pressure has to be at stroke level before they, you know, before okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it now. Uh, you mom, you dad need to teach your child to obey a whisper. Okay, so if you say if you say, hey, uh, I need you to pick up your room because we got some company coming tomorrow and we want the the house tidied up, and then they don't do it then you say listen i need you to clean your room because and they don't do it listen i need you you know and next thing you know you're you're about seven steps into it and you're and your blood pressure is sky high and your face is red and you're screaming so at that point you're ready to give out a punishment well what you've got to do is you got to teach your child that you can lovingly put your arm around him and say okay listen i told you a few minutes ago in a very soft tone of voice to go clean your room and you didn't do it okay now and we'll tell you one more time. Now, let's get in there and, and do it right now. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? And if they know you are serious from the get go, they will do it from the get go. Um, the problem is, uh, uh, parents, they want to hold off on corporal punishment. They want to they uh, hold off on any kind of consequences until they're at stroke level. And, uh, and I hate to break it to you, mom and dad, but, uh, your kids are playing you. Okay. They're playing you, uh, like a fiddle. (laughs) I mean, uh, because they enjoy watching you get to stroke level. It is a game to them to watch you get to stroke level because when you get to stroke level, they have power over you and it's a power struggle. And mom, dad, you're losing, you are losing. So, having said that uh point number one, we've got three main points, quite a few sub points under these, point number one is the cost of anger. ooh, the cost of anger. what do you lose? What do you lose um when when we have this anger issue um I just quickly let me rattle through these um uh we've already alluded to some of this, but Cain got angry and he killed Abel. What did it cost him? Oh my, what did it cost Cain? at the murder of his of his brother uh it cost him the companionship of his brother that he could have had for the rest of his life, but uh so much more um, uh, Joseph was thrown into the pit and sold into slavery because of the anger of his brothers in genesis thirty seven um, Saul King Saul uh threw a javelin more than once at David now. Just pause and think about that one for a minute. Um, you understand, don't you, that Saul was David's father-in-law, okay? He was not only the king of the nation, he was dad, okay? And uh, jealousy is, is ultimately what, you know, brought his anger to a crescendo. But this this uh, jealousy that he had over his son-in-law, it got to the point where he threw Listen, if you if you're throwing anything in anger, you have really got a problem. But if you're throwing into javelin, you really, really, really got a problem. Okay, now Saul, um, yeah, we we could we could spend a lot of time talking about that. Saul uh, would have uh, would have the priests murdered out of his anger. King Herod had babies in Matthew chapter two murdered out of anger. What does it cost you? It you, you might say, Pastor King, I've never wanted to murder anybody I I don't really let my anger uh, get to that point I've never you know um, now I've I've thought maybe I wanted somebody dead but I I didn't want to be the one to do it (laughs) you know jail time and you know all that kind of stuff Um, I understand maybe you haven't gotten your anger to that point I'll give you one example of somebody maybe that you have um, uh, reached their level Uh, you remember Jonah and uh, Jonah chapter four, Jonah did not want to go to Tarshish. Uh, and uh, he finally reluctantly went and he preached his sermon, really was not a very good sermon. You know, yet 40 days and then it'll be overthrown. See ya. And that's, I added the see ya part, but that's basically, he just said that and stormed off. And um, without getting into all the details, chapter four, uh, God had a gourd grow up so it could provide some shade. And then the gourd died. And, and Jonah got mad. It's like mad at a gourd. Why would you be mad at a gourd? Uh, why it, it had it had nothing to do with the gourd. It had everything to do with what was going on inside of his heart. But Jonah chapter four verse four, God said to Jonah, "Doest thou well to be angry? Doest thou well to be? Is this really? Is this working for you? Is this is this bringing something positive into your life? So no, maybe you have not been angry to the point of, of wanting someone dead like Cain and and." You know Saul and 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 Herod, but I'm telling you, it's not bringing anything positive into your life, and it's bringing negative into your life, and it's bringing negative into the lives of other people as well. And you really got to be on guard with that. Um, I I, let me say this, and then we're we're believe it or not, we're about out of time. You know, Richard, you and I have been in the ministry uh, a good while, and we've heard preachers that sometimes preachers cannot preach a sermon unless they unless they are they work up an angry spirit and we probably have even seen preachers who were not angry, but felt like it's not really preaching unless you're angry. And so they put on a fake anger to, because that's preaching, you know, it's preaching. If, if you're not angry, then that's not really preaching. Um, what kind of a lesson are, are we teaching uh, anybody? So what is the cost? What is the cost you might, you might cost a person's life. You might cost your own personal joy and happiness. An angry preacher, might the cost might be losing his church or losing some young people. But um, uh, we've got about two minutes left. Pastor Richard, what, what would you like to add to that about the cost? We're going to get into point two next week, but I'll
1: let what you I wrap say, it up with that. Yeah, what I would say is you, you, your anger it may not lead to someone's physical murder or death, but I promise you if you don't deal with it, uh, it will kill your relationships. Yes, it will. And it will damage your children. And you don't want to hand an angry spirit down generation to generation to generation. And you may think, well, I, I, you know, I don't really have an anger problem. Um, I heard of a family. Uh, the husband said to his wife and kids, do you think I have an anger problem? And he didn't think he had one. And they said, yeah, dad, you do. And he had teenagers in the home and he said all right i'm going to give you permission that if you sense me getting angry um just the beginning of an angry spirit just simply lay your hand gently on my shoulder Hmm. as it's starting to get stirred up and he said i was amazed over the next 30 days how many times i had a hand laid on my shoulder wow you may think you don't have an anger issue and it may not always come boiling out of the volcano but your family can sense the boiling inside and you don't want to pass that on generation to generation because what you're passing on is a toxicity that yes. will not only destroy their hurt their family if not destroy it it could it could limit their work opportunities it could limit their money making uh uh possibilities it could limit their opportunity in ministry you, you need to deal with this and you need to deal with it now. The high cost of anger. Next week, we're going to talk about the captivity of anger and yes. talk about how that it's like you're locked up in chains. And we're going to talk about the, how that, how Satan goes about, uh, handcuffing us with anger. We'll look at his process because if you know that process, then you can avoid it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monday Medicine. Please consider sharing to your own Facebook page.
0: Yep. and sharing with a friend. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Sayonara.